the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. In primary, we talk about the economy and business and getting you to retirement. That's the big goal of the show. Yes, we want to make a lot of money. But even more importantly, we want to make enough money to get to retirement through retirement. I see all too often uh, people not having the ability to be the greatest grandparent in ever. That's what you want. You want to have the greatest, you know, you, you had great grandparents. You want to be great grandparents. Uh, love headlines like this one. Man strips naked at airport upset about overbooked flight. Says the TV station out of Charlotte says the man stripped down to the buff right in front of everyone, including kids. He remained in the gate area for about 40 minutes until police let him away. Overbooked flights stink, don't they? Uh, get the airport early, my strongest advice. Anyhow, and anyway, uh, home prices in the 20 U.S. cities rose at a faster pace than projected in the year through March, reflecting a limited number of available properties out there. Higher home prices, along with lean inventory and limited income growth, have tempered the recovery in the residential real estate. Taking a look at Wall Street, we have a stronger dollar overnight. And I know you're saying, oh boy, stronger dollar means tough things for the U.S. economy. Yes. Federal Reserve Chairman Janet Yellen said Friday night that a rate hike this year would be appropriate if the economy continues to recover, and most of the data says that it's going to continue to recover. Charter Communications acquiring Time Warner for $195 a share. Um, deal was being talked about a possibility ahead of the weekend. You know, Time Warner was going to be acquired by um, Comcast Communications. Uh, yes, no, maybe so. So this is a reminder that there is still to be value to be extracted from companies that have already seen a big jump in their stocks. So Charter jumps up and acquires Time Warner Cable. Whether the market makes a big deal out of today's economic data or not remains to be seen. 
the durable orders reports for April has tipped things slightly more negative than before. It showed a total orders declining one half of 1%. And again, economy improving. Janet Yellen says higher interest rates. This is a situation where the economy is not improving, it's declining. If you exclude transportation orders, uh, the orders actually rose about one half of 1%. There's some hopeful signs regarding business investment as non defense capital goods orders, excluding aircraft, increased 1%, following on a 0.5% jump in March. Shipments, which factor into GDP calculations, increased 0.8 tenth of a percent. These are all okay numbers. So the U.S. dollar index has regained its winning stride, up 1.1% day against the yen. That makes any big company like a Nike or a Microsoft or an Apple, any big company that does business in the United States but also does business overseas, means that they're going to have some currency issues. Now, some of the companies are smarter than others about fighting currency and hedging currency. Uh, while some of them have to, you know, play with the cards that they're dealt. That's worthy of note. Twitter is in the news today. They've been engaged in an ongoing series of talks to acquire Flipboard. Um, those discussions have pushed Twitter C- CFO Anthony Noto. Have even been said that the, you know, Discussions have been taking place since the beginning of the year. It makes a little bit of sense because of the vertical way that both of them pull in information. Uh, But advertising isn't really in love with Twitter, and that's a bit of a problem. Advertising is losing a little bit of its luster for YouTube. That's a little bit of a problem for Google. Google has a big I.O. conference this week input output for those who want to parlance and geek speak um but who's winning in advertising right now native advertising on facebook seems to be the big winner right now now again does that hold true forever and ever Eh. tough to say tough to say uh over the weekend we learned once again that research in motion was cutting jobs uh keep why do i bring that up you're like, no one cares about research in motion. If you were to go back 10 years in your Wayback Machine, BlackBerry and research in motions, you know, research in motion is the parent company, BlackBerry is the product. They were the Apple before the iPhone. They were the dominant smartphone. And even at the start of the iPhone, to this day, some people swear by their keyboards on their phones. They were a titan smartphone business. A titan, I tell you. It's kind of funny. Um, every now and then you, you keep a gadget around at your house or your office, and you pick it up, and you're like, ooh, good God, we've come a long way. So uh, a very, very long way. So I think that's worthy of note. Amazon.com getting a little bit of headline negatives today. Amazon's main German operating unit paid just 11.9 million euros, or about $16 million in tax in 2014, despite having $11.9 billion in sales to German customers. Germany is Amazon's biggest market outside North America, its annual report shows. But until recently, all sales and almost all profits were reported via lightly taxed Luxembourg companies. So accounts filed late in April and only publicly available in recent weeks show that Amazon.de, Germany, Deutsche, 
made a profit of just 32 million uh, in euros and paid corporate income tax about 11.9 million. Corporate tax is based on profits, not revenues. E-commerce is a low-margin business and highly competitive, and Amazon continues to invest heavily around the world, which means profits are low, so says Amazon. Now, Amazon's also saying that they're no longer going to be funneling its European revenue through Luxembourg. Good. So what can you expect from Google's input-output conference this week in San Francisco? In the past, they've shown us things like Google Glass. Um, ooh, kind of thing, right? But we'll probably get Android M, the star of the show. Um, Android versions, operating systems, tied towards the phone, tied towards their uh, desktop. Android versions are named in alphabetical order with the current L version, more commonly known as Lollipop. M could stand for any dessert. It could be marshmallow. It could be milkshake. It could be Mentos. But we'll get Google's Android operating system M this week. Probably some sort of fingerprint unlocking feature, which would allow Android smartphones to match the iPhone capability. New Android could also provide users with more control over personal information that individual app access, enhanced for enhancements for voice supports, built-in support for one-tap mobile payments. Google could fold some of the new features into an update to the existing Lollipop version of Android rather than launch the brand new M version. You're going to be hearing things about the Internet of Things, Burlo. The idea is that PCs and smartphones are not the only things that should connect via the Internet. Brillo will provide a common platform for electronic devices to interconnect. You'll probably also hear something about a mystery Bluetooth device, Glass 2.0, something like that. Um, sometimes these devices are big hits, and sometimes they never actually get out into the world. You'll hear more about virtual reality. You'll hear more about cars. You'll hear more about Android Wear. Android Wear. Photo sharing minus the plus. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, money, retirement, love, anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. I hope. I hope you're not afraid of the whole process. Um, best thing you can do is max out your 401k. If you do that, you don't have to have a 401k. It could be a 403b. There's similar investment products. Um, I hate it. My paychecks are smaller. Uh, when I max out my 401k. I um, hate it, but I know that when I'm 65, 70, I'll have money to visit the grandchildren, or I'll have money to 
you know, go on a trip around the world, or I'll have money to eat. All important things, right? And they're different to different people. But I'm not kidding when I say that. I know it sounds like, what an odd concept, max out your 401k. Yeah, and you know, a friend of mine this year, she's a graduate student, and obviously um, costs are higher this year. Um, when you're a graduate student, you're probably making a little less money. You're probably spending a little bit more money on research and things like that. And she's she's stressed because for all these years, she's been putting money in the stock market, in her 401k, and this year, not so much. Um, and I'm like, yeah, good thing the market's kind of moving sideways, except for Europe. You know, her Europe, and she been putting money in Europe. Like, oh, I try to say something nice, but I can't even do that, right? Bad credit. You know, I'm not just talking about 401k, maxing it out, $18,000 plus dollars a year. I'm talking about bad credit as well. Uh, low credit score can affect your ability to get a job, a home, a smartphone, and more. Very few hires today in advanced jobs don't check credit. Credit can tell you a lot. Think of it this way. Let's say you're boyfriend, girlfriend. You're in love. You like to cosplay. You like to... Uh, Talk about what a great life you're going to have together. Talk about great things you want to do together. Great books you've read. Well, at some point in time, get real. Because life will get real for you sooner than later. Do a credit each other. Have a date night where you pull up your credit reports. Annualcreditreport.com, free, once a year. You can get a free credit report once a year from your bank now. I mean, good golly, if you have a bank account or a credit card, they'll help monitor your credit. But um, annualcreditreport.com, great source. And I do this every quarter. Probably not every quarter. Uh, probably every four months. So more than every quarter. No, less than every quarter, but more than once, twice a year kind of thing. Like, I've done it three times a year. Now, one of the things I look at is, and it always fascinates me, how many on-time payments have I had on my mortgages, how many you know car payments, things along those lines. Um... How much debt do I have? How many accounts are open? What accounts are open? But it can show you a lot of things. Um, any sort of smears on your credit report. Did you miss a car payment? How long you've worked at a certain job? You meet a young man. Mother, he's lovely. He's lovely. He's the head of design at Apple. And then you pull his credit report and you're like, oh, he works at Walmart selling apples. That's a little bit different little bit different. So I highly recommend have and again, it doesn't have to be like, oh, I'm going to prove that she's right and I'm wrong or she's everything's going to be good. Like, I, I've got this. Like, I'm going to figure I'm going to master this. It doesn't have to be that. Uh, in my opinion. Other things we'll talk about. Uh, where should you put your money now? Uh, we've recently seen oil the number of oil rigs being cut by Baker Hughes, it's down to one a month. And that's pretty good. It's typically a sign that, hey, now you can buy some more energy stocks. I'm not telling you to do that because the outlook for energy is pretty anemic for the next three to five years. Okay, so the outlook for energy pretty anemic for the next three to five years. Airlines should do great. No, they've done great for the last three years. And they're starting to add capacity, and that could create a situation where Price wars, which is good for you and me, the consumer, which, hey, you know, if we have a little extra money, if flights get cheaper, maybe somebody like Disney does better. 
which I heard, and I don't know if this is true or not. The movie Tomorrowland is a bit of a disappointment. Um, so Disney's down on that news today. 52-week high was hit last week. So you're not going to get a chance to buy the stock on too many discounts. Because over Memorial Day, a lot of people go to the beach. They don't go to the movies sometimes. You want them to go to the movies. But it depends on what parts of the country are doing what. Um, you know, the Bay Area is enamored right now with the Golden State Warriors. So we probably didn't see a lot of weekend movies. Uh, New York Rangers, you know, playoff hockey kind of thing. It depends on where we are. Tomorrowland, a new George Clooney sci-fi feature from Disney, topped the North American box office in its debut over a sluggish Memorial Day weekend. Not bad. Three-day ticket sales were about $151 million. That's a decline from a year earlier when they tallied $186 million for 2013's Fast and Furious 6. So people are saying the weekend's a little bit of a dud. A little bit of a dud. It's tough to say that, though, right? When you see... Uh, how strong the performance has been over the last 52 weeks. So I never want to duck the question of, you know, where should you put your money now? I just always want to say, where do you need it? What do you not have? I don't want to ever be accused of having rose-colored glasses. Um, I like to start with a positive outlook, but I will certainly find negatives. A lot of people expect... The economy to bounce back in the second half of the year, even though the first quarter wasn't so great. Last year wasn't so great. The year before that, the first quarter wasn't so great. It's a pretty recurring thing as the winters get colder. Kiplinger's is out there saying they expect central banks to raise the federal funds federal funds rate later this year. And that could be kind of create some drama on the market. Because when interest rates are super low, we're like, hey, I'll take a corporate dividend of three to four percent. I like the Vanguard dividend growth fund for the average investor out there. Ticker symbol is BDIGX. I like mid-cap mid and small-cap stocks in the United States. Very much so. So I'd look for a mid-cap or small-cap kind of fund if you don't have one. I like some sort of uh, international fund, and that'll get you something um, in Europe. The Artisan International. It has 44% of its assets in Europe's developed economies at last report, 12% in Japan. Uh, it owns stocks like Nestle and Toyota Motor. So if you're an individual stock, maybe those are some of the ideas for you. If you're someone who feels more comfortable in diversified indexes, the Artisan International. Those are just some good ideas. Um, if retailers start to do better because Americans start to spend more, uh, Dick's Sporting Goods certainly looks attractive. It's not a loved name. It's a good name. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more.
to water through the trip wires in your head. I'm Rob Black. Joining me now, Patrick O'Hare, Briefing.com, Chief Market Strategist. How are you, Mr. O'Hare? Hello, Rob. Doing fine, thank you. I'm surprised you're here today. I thought you would have been out there with all the other Wall Streeters and going to the Hamptons for the week. Well, I guess that's one of the benefits of living in Chicago. <laughs> the Hamptons aren't easy to get to, and can't say I really want to go there. I was just teasing. So kind of throwing out that cliche, if you know what I'm saying, of what everyone thinks I hear Wall you. Street does. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. With that said, um, important week or not important week ahead of us as far as some of the data goes? Um, you know, at this point, I think you have to look at all data as being important, um, given what we know about the, the Fed's perspective on, you know, what they're going to do with policy rates. They are, uh, what what do they say? Data dependent. <laughs> and they continue to say that. Uh, we heard Janet Yellen say that on Friday even. And, uh, you know, she caused a little bit of a stir, I think, just with her acknowledgement that she would think it would be appropriate to raise rates this year if the economy continues to recover. And I think part of the upset in the early going here with uh, today's action is the fact that the you know the durable orders report and the new home sales reports uh, were all okay um, and basically fit into that uh, area that would lead the Fed to go ahead and raise policy rates before the end of the year. Um, you know they weren't you know considerably strong, but they weren't certainly weren't weak. But I think this Fed is desperately looking for a reason to raise rates. Um, and the data so far this morning has kind of uh, worked in their favor in that respect. When the interest rates do come, and now, you know, we've been saying for a year, it's probably going to be 2015, late 2015, early 2016. It's kind of starting to get to late 2015, early 2016. We're getting closer and closer in real time. Yeah. What do you think the market will do? Well, you know, what you allude to is it's not going to be a mystery, uh, you know, when the Fed does does raise rates. It shouldn't be anyway. Um, you know, they have been telegraphing their desire to raise interest rates. I think the market is cognizant that, you know, um, that, you know, the Fed most likely is going up with interest rates, not down with interest rates. Um, you know, the issue will be uh, really is in terms of you know, how fast the Fed has to raise interest rates, right? I think that uh, part of the turbulence we're seeing right now is that even though the, the market is aware that the policy rate is, is going to be headed higher, um, it, you're already at a point, you know, valuation-wise where you're stretched, and that's before interest rates have come up. That's with profit margins at record high. Uh, and uh, and there's some concern, really, that there's not going to be much left uh, in this rally when those rates start to go up. And it would certainly be troublesome if the Fed got caught in a position of having to raise rates a lot faster than the market expected them to raise rates um, because you do have this higher starting point valuation-wise, and that could – you know, invite the, you know, the, the correction that hasn't been seen for, for multiple years now. Do we have a perfect storm hitting the markets and we should be paying attention to the signs? You have higher interest rates coming. You've got high valuations currently. You have worldwide investment banks basically saying, you know, we're fearing deflation, we're lowering the cost of money. And you also have the stronger dollar out of all of this. Is this going to be a perfect storm? Should we be a little bit more proactive in cutting our risk in our portfolio? 
You know, I think so. I think we've had, you know, quite the run, obviously, uh, you know, five of the last six years with double-digit gains. The last three consecutive uh, with double-digit gains. Um, we're at a starting point here now of, you know, being, you know, highly valued. And I think this is the type of market and, uh, where you, you do look to start, you know, taking some money off of those big winners and looking to reallocate uh, to some of the laggards that are set up better for, um, you know, stronger price gains over a long-term perspective here. Um, you know, what you've got here, I think, are the ingredients for a market that's going to struggle to go up. Um, and if any of those ingredients turn out to be a little bit more uh, toxic than we expected, you also have the potential makings for a market that could go down, you know, a, a decent amount, um, uh, more so than what we've been seeing, certainly, in, in recent years. And so I think this is a time to, to certainly be a little bit more cautious about um, how you're looking at the equity market here because, uh, you know, you still don't have that uh, those economic fundamentals supporting the um, you know stock valuations at these levels, and you have earnings growth that's decelerating, and, and that's you know not a great combination. We need to see those two things turn around uh, to be more constructive here. But uh, based on what we can see and what we know right now, it would be prudent, we think, to exercise a little bit more caution um, uh, with your uh, investment portfolios. It's tough to actually pull off exactly what you just said, in large part for me and people in the Bay Area, and we all live in different areas. Um, we have the unicorn economy where we have billionaires on paper and we look at our friends and we're like, I wish I would have started that app. I wish I would have done that. Um, and our only alternative is to like not play the stock market, but hope in the stock market. Um, any thoughts on how to kill that? Not, I, guess, I guess it's greed or I guess it's hope. Beat me down, Pat. Beat me down. Well, yeah. well, you know, when I answer a question like that, though, I always feel a little bit sheepish about doing so because it ter- it, it, it comes out as a one-size-fits-all piece of investment advice, right? And it's not meant to be that way because we all do have different needs. We all have different risk tolerances. You know, one individual's need to raise cash uh, might be stronger now than it is for another individual's, you know, who, who has the ability to ride out, you know, volatility here in, in the near term. So really the idea is is that maybe you don't, don't get so caught up in individual stock selection, you know, dollar cost average through, you know, mutual funds, spread the risk, if you will. Um, but if you consider yourself a, a true investment-minded individual, um, you're going to see these periods of upset, and you're, you're probably better off riding through them. That's what, you know, history has suggested. Uh, it can be painful at times, and you can take steps to try to mitigate some of those losses by doing what, you know, I was suggesting, where you look at some of those real big winners you have, taking some money off the table in those areas, look at some sectors that have gone really gangbusters, take some money off there, and then and then take a step back and objectively look at those areas that have not done as well, that may be priced at more attractive levels, that set up better for portfolio rebalancing efforts uh, that you can ride out over the long term and, and see better returns over the long term. So, um, so that's what I would say right now to, to most people. Speaking with Patrick O'Hare, Chief Market Strategist at Briefing.com. It's a web page I start my day every day with. Pat's article, page one, uh, is a must read, and it kind of gets sets the tone for me. One of the things that I'm seeing at briefing.com as far as their stock market update page is Greece making waves about not making debt payments to IMF next week. Do we care at this point in time? Because it feels like it's a three-year-old story that Greece is 
going to inevitably fail. You know, I, you, you've got to care about it, I think, okay. uh, because even if they, even if it, you don't have a major contagion effect to the eurozone, I think you're going to see the European Central Bank uh, do what it can uh, still to ring fence that potential contagion effect. Um, you you kind of, it's one of those issues where you just kind of really don't really know, you know, what's going to happen, but you realize there could be potential. Uh, sizable downside risk uh, that, that's unaccounted for. You know, there's a lot of complacency tied up in this idea that it's not going to be a big deal, and you have to be mindful of that. Um, so pay attention to it um, because I do think it can create some, some volatility here in the near term if, if the reality does come home, you know, to roost because we've been in a market environment where we've learned to fear worst-case scenarios not unfolding. Um, and we may actually see that this time, and we'll see what happens. But uh, I wouldn't approach it with such a complacent mindset. We saw today home prices in 20 U.S. cities rise faster than projected. If you're making the argument that stock market valuations are stretched, are housing valuations stretched as well? Well, it's uh, you know when you look at the fact that you know home prices continue to rise at a much sharper rate than incomes do, um, yeah, you know you could make that argument. I mean, you're seeing double-digit price gains in certain areas of the of the country. I think San Francisco led uh, this month's um, uh, price gains. I think double-digit, 10% or so in the San Francisco area. Um, so you know it's like kind of like the stock market. There's going to be pockets of overvaluation, and there's going to be areas that are looking better than than not, and, you know, where the price gain is a little bit more steady and, and uh, uh, less worrisome. Um, but, um, you know, you've had, uh, you know, quite a nice improvement in, in home values that for those individuals who own homes uh, has been helpful to help repair some of that lost equity during the, you know, the housing market crash uh, that could potentially help boost consumer spending. Um, but in any event, it also makes it easier for those homeowners to potentially relocate, uh, which they haven't been able to do because of, you know, being underwater perhaps with their mortgages. So, so there's pros and cons to on both sides of that question, uh, but I would suggest that there probably are some areas of overvaluation, but... Um, probably not there from a national standpoint. <laughs> Thanks very much. It's Patrick O'Hare. You can find him online at briefing.com. Briefing is a non-biased source of international domestic stock market economy, uh, technical stories tied towards business and the economy. I strongly suggest uh, taking a look into it. You can find it at briefing.com. I, myself, am Rob Black. You can find me online at robblack.com. I always have seminars coming up. There's one coming up just right around the corner. You can sign up for it at robblack.com. That's robblack.com.
I'm Rob Black, talking money, invested in more. Facebook video is growing. YouTube is not. If you look at the volume of content uploaded, the top 1,000 profiles on Facebook and YouTube are uploading four times more videos natively on Facebook. Brands have stopped posting YouTube videos on Facebook. Brands used used to publish their YouTube videos on Facebook. Now they've gone native, uh, posting Facebook videos on Facebook. Uh, back in 2014, YouTube was the dominant video platform on Facebook. Not anymore. The shift is in full effect. Brands have all but stopped posting YouTube videos, opting for that native publishing instead. Um, Facebook videos perform better on Facebook than YouTube videos do. Facebook has an autoplay feature, and its algorithm prioritizes videos to make up to 30% of the newsfeed. That's a driving factor. In terms of interactions, Facebook has virtually wiped out YouTube, Vimeo, Vine, and Instagram. Uh, I think you have to take a look at Facebook as far as the future of media, and you have to kind of let go. Let it go, let it go of some of the past you know, CBS's and ABC's and NBC's as far as the television world of media. Now, I'm not saying television's dead. I'm saying that Facebook is thriving. Top five brands by video views growth on Facebook, Lego, Angry Birds, Nike, Samsung, and GoPro. YouTube is still a video powerhouse, but Lego has had a huge year, 248% increase in video views. I'm not can't say that I'm really in touch with all things Lego. I just, I can't say that I am. But that doesn't make me a bad person, does it? Please, please, I need your love. Um, Jonathan Ivey, uh, he's Apple's designer. He kind of is considered the brains behind the look and feel of the iPhone, the original. Many of the company's closest followers aren't seeing him as getting a promotion recently, rather an end of a crucial error. He's been named Chief Design Officer. Um, he's going to take up a newly created role of Chief Design Officer, which will see him hand over key managerial duties to other people. Richard Howarth and Alan Dye are going to run hardware and software design. He's going to oversee the design team, but he will also focus the design of the company's stores as well as its new uh, space campus that they got going on. It appears he wants to spend a little more time back in England with his twin sons. Um, and Apple's building a, a manufacturing facility in Ireland that he'll have a heavy hand in as well. And a lot of people are rumored to think that's a car assembly plant that will be uh, being put together. More on that in the coming days and weeks. Other stories of note today. Greece is still in the news. Um, and it's been in the news for a while. If you go back in time all the way to December 2009, credit agencies downgraded Greece on fears that it could default on its debt. In 2010, Europe and Greece reached a $146 billion rescue package tied towards austerity measures. In 2011, banks agreed to take a 50% loss on the face value of their Greek debt. In 2012, stocks soared after the head of the ECB says policymakers will do whatever it takes to save the Eurozone. In 2015, Greek voters chose an anti-austerity party. And now, in the middle of 2015, Greece is quelling fears about an imminent default of its debt. But there are no free rides, and it's strongly believed that the final uh, symphony is starting to play. The sun is starting to set a bit. Um, and how will it have a play? 
uh, money's drying up. So budget cuts have basically ruined everything there except for trash collection. So a lot of debt, a lot of unemployment, a lot of youth's future not looking very good. Home prices in 20 U.S. cities increased 5% in the year to March. Uh, home prices in 20 U.S. cities rose at a faster pace than projected, reflecting the fact that there's a limited number of available properties on the market. Higher home prices, along with lean inventory and limited income growth, have tempered the recovery in residential real estate. More construction, particularly of cheaper properties, help, would help boost supply and bring purchases within reach of more Americans to take advantage of low borrowing costs. Um, let's see, all 20 cities in the index, the Case-Shiller Index, showed a year-over-year -year gain led by a 10.3% increase in San Francisco and a 10% pickup in Denver. The thing that's, you know, Denver's, Denver, Portland, Seattle, Denver and Portland, they both benefit from California and the high prices. One in four people who live on the peninsula are looking to get out. They want to know what's the exit strategy for my home. And part of their exit strategy is say, well, I could buy five homes in Portland, or I can buy three homes in Denver, or I could buy t ten homes in, in Las Vegas, or I can buy eight homes in Phoenix. Those four satellite markets benefit from the high cost in the Bay Area because the Bay Area feeds people into those areas as they look to book an exit strategy. What's your exit strategy? Do you want to be in the home that you're in until the day you die? You tell me. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Twitter is held talks by Flipboard. Twitter, here's the problem. If their name was Facebook, they would be in a much better position. Twitter is not in a good position. Google is going to explain their position this week as they have an I.O. conference in San Francisco. A lot of it coming later in the week. Keep in mind, we've a shortened week anyway, so it's already starting to get later in the week. But they'll obviously release a new operating system or some upgrades to the old operating system for both the phone and the desktop. Uh, look for some sort of new USB device, some sort of wearable. Update on their watch, update on their Google Glass if they want to bring it back, revive it, and or not. Um, and much, much more. You can find me online at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. We'll take a break here. I'll be right back. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.